Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Hi everyone, this is uh, the recording, the audio recording of the live Zoom call that we did with QAV club members on the, uh, what was it, the uh, 9th of February 2021. Uh, Just it was a free form, anything goes, ask Tony questions kind of a night, so let's kick into it. Of course, uh, what you'll find is that some of the discussion relates to things that Tony or others are doing on screen, which is going to be a little bit hard to follow in the audio. So if you want to see the video, you can just go up to our YouTube or go up to our website and uh, have a look at this episode. Uh, I will uh, put the YouTube uh, embedded in the thing and you can watch it if there's anything you actually want to see with your eyeballs. Okay. Uh, welcome to everybody. Welcome to Tony Kynaston. And uh, I, I know that Andrew Flitman has joined us. Uh, I'd like to welcome Hi. Andrew. Andrew, Hi. at some point, we will invite Andrew to take the stage. Andrew has. Oh, wow. <laughs> Andrew is a, is a business modeling professional who has developed uh, his own version of the checklist. Um, which has got some uh, new features to it. Um, he's um, uh, made some improvements to Tony's Excel design, which I'll get him to walk quickly through at some stage. Sure. But uh, thank you, Andrew. But um, before we get into that, does anyone want to kick off with a question for TK? Hey, guys. I'm Brent, Brent Sweeney here. I'm happy to kick off. Hey Brent. Hey, how are you? Hello, clubbies. How how are you all? Um, hey, if I can get to a stock straight away, um, Mayfair Childcare released their results yesterday. Um, they're on the watch list at the moment, but I, I've done a bit of charting, and I think they might have hit the buy list. So, Tony, I was wondering if you could take us through the graph and um, your thoughts on the three point trend line. Yeah, sure. Um, I haven't followed my field for a while. I have owned it in the past. 
a couple of years ago. It's um, from memory, it, well, it's a New Zealand childcare operator. So like a, a chain of kindergartens. Uh, and from memory, it was a fairly smallish stock. I'll just check the mm. average daily trade. Yeah, it's only like $15,000 or so. Um, I'm just going to try and share this chart for you if I can. Great. Thanks. Man. Share screen, I think, does it? And I probably should have shut down everything, shouldn't I? Here we go. It looks like it. Okay. Can we all see that? Yep. Got it on my screen. Okay. I just need to somehow get rid of some of these. Here we go. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, it's, looks like it's it's um, coming out of the COVID cough pretty well, uh, and the high points obviously there are the dollar twenty seven back in February seventeen. Next high point going to be there, January twenty twenty, and I don't think it's quite got to its next high point. You probably can't see this, but I'm just putting a ruler across those, and it's still a little bit below breaking out through that uptrend, but it's pretty close. Looks like it's going to be just maybe 99 cents or a dollar, something like that. But to, to get a more accurate um, view of that, I, I'd use the, th the three-point trend calculator spreadsheet, which would give you a better number than just putting a ruler on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty close. Um, I probably looked at it and did a bit of a fudge and just followed that general trend down and probably chose that um, high point, uh, what, about a year before? I can't see what month that would be. So yeah, one of the good things about StopDuck, you can see on the screen now that it draws a vertical and horizontal line. So straight away I can see that February 17 was the first highest point. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, if I go if I go down to January 2020, actually you're right. There's one that's above that a little bit, which would be mm. around February 19. But if we use that one and we can, we're going to cross that trend line's going to come down and cross around here somewhere, mm. and um, it would have been a buy around say October 19. But then straight away, it probably would have been a sell because the the low point prior to the COVID cough was here, second low point was there, and then it was going to be a sell when it crossed to there. So um, that's why I was using that point there yeah. as the second point in my graph because it, it then gives us a buy line, which is after the COVID cough. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just good company, New Zealand company. I've owned it before. It's just, it's just small. It's tiny. 15 yeah, yeah it's hard it's hard to get into there's not a lot of trading that happens with this with this stock um so yeah there's not a real lot of money that you can get into it with correct i think what's happened is a couple of stocks like this one they have dual listings so there's probably a lot more liquidity in new zealand it'll be listed on the new zealand exchange as well um if you really want to buy it there's probably more volume over there no, tony i'm pretty sure it's australian based they've got childcare centers um based around um, melbourne um, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Another one then. But I thought yeah. it was New Zealand most. Let me have a look. Oh no, Victoria. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. I apologise. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's quite an interesting company. A lot of um, directors hold a lot of shareholdings in it, so it's got that good um, uh, ownership um, by the founders. So, and then there's, it scores quite well in the quality side of things. So.
Yeah, it is like forty uh, percent held by directors. They're just looking at it. Yeah. Anyway, hey, thanks, there, Tony. Thanks for the insight. Anybody buy any GME stock last week? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Taylor was around here having a game of chess tonight, and he's. Uh, Looking at the Bitcoin price up to $44,000 today and he's still cranky at you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Elon Musk? Well, it came out today that Tesla's bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. US, they bought $2 billion Aussie, yeah. Wow. And that, that pumped the price of Bitcoin up nearly 50%. That is uh, incredible. But just think about that. Like he's bought two billion of an asset, and the prices that's pushed the price up fifty percent. It's not a very liquid market, not in the grand scheme of things. I mean, two billion is a lot for for us to to be worried about. But yeah, um, it's nothing for BlackRock or any of the big funds to to be worried about. Maybe take your uh, screen share off now, mate, so we can see your face when you talk. <laughs> I'm trying to get back to work out how to do that. <laughs> well, this might be a, stop, stop share got it there we go this might be a good opportunity to invite andrew if you're ready andrew to give us a quick overview of the changes that you've made to the checklist sure. i was kind of hoping you'd forget but i'm happy to do it anyway. so hang on a second um okay so if i stuff it up you know it's just big questions all that kind of stuff while you're setting the, while you're setting that up, give everyone sort of a, the sixty second version of your CV. Okay, so um, yeah, I used to do business modelling for Price Waterhouse and Deloitte. Uh, eventually, I was I was also professor of strategic modelling at Monash, and um, a bit later than that, I was deputy vice chancellor of research at Swinburne, and I was the acting president at, at Swinburne or vice chancellor, if you like, at Swinburne for about nine months as well. And then I realised I hated um, the life of being a vice chancellor, so I then went back into consulting. So I consulted a higher education sector. I also do business modelling consulting as well, get and fly around when you're allowed to do that. So that's me basically. Um, so a nerd. Okay. <laughs> Let me just see if I can share this. Okay, can you see my screen? Well, obviously, listeners, you can't see his screen and everything that Andrew did was very visual and I click here and I click there and watch how this happens. It was pretty cool, but uh, you should really go and check out the YouTube for that. I won't uh, force you to sit and listen to all of that. We'll skip ahead. Okay, well, thanks for that, Andrew. All right. We'll do Thank some, you, some testing and put it out. Yeah, what yeah. we'll probably what we'll probably do when we when we put it out is um, Andrew and Tony and I will get together and shoot maybe a more yeah. detailed um, yeah. step by step instructional video that we can post up for everyone to yeah. walk through. Yeah, I mean, look, clearly you would not pick up how to do it from my my quick demo there, but it takes takes a bit more than that. But um, honestly, it, it is quite easy to maintain because because of the structure. I've designed it to be easy to maintain. That's great. Thank you, Good. Andrew. Thank you. No problem. All right. Let's move on to more questions. Anyone got a question for TK? How can we follow after that, Cam? <laughs> Come on, Carissa. Something about horses. You, you ride <laughs> no, horses backwards. Come on. You can do anything. 
Question I do have, um, FMG cell line. So you mentioned a few weeks ago the cell line. I think I had the three-point cell at around the $21. I could be a little bit biased based on my buy-in point, but just wanted to run through that just to sort of see where I was going wrong, if we could, please. Sure. Okay. So can we all see that screen? Yep. Yeah, good. Okay, so... Um, Again, we're looking for the lowest point, which is way down here, and it will scroll off next month. Uh, so that's February 2016. If I let the horizontal line go up in Stock Doctor, it's going to touch again over here. I'm going to take it over to the right there so they can actually extend the line without crossing the line. So I'm using those two points, and I am, if I extrapolate them out, it's going to be somewhere around about the sort of six or seven dollar, maybe six fifty mark is the sell for the SKU metals at the moment. So it's way below where its share price is currently. Maybe say if you got in later, would you adjust it? Well, you're on speaker. So Clinton's question is, if you got in later, would you adjust it up? So I think I've been taking it sort of from that midpoint. I can't see um, what Thank month you. it was, but about there. Yeah, I was taking it from there and three-pointing it up and very, very conservative. I ended up at 21. Less conservative, I think I ended up around the sort of 16-ish mark. Yeah, I think if you take that point there mm. and that point there, it's going to be, yeah, around 15 or so, I would think. Let me just have a quick look. I'm just running a ruler over those two lines. Probably just a little bit, yeah, around $15 if you take that point there and that point there. Um, look, it's up to you, really. It's um, You can take a shorter period. You can, you can hug the more recent trend, which is something we've talked about before. But uh, at the moment, the... The five-year trend line is much lower than that. It's around sort of six dollars between six and seven. Thank you. Yeah, that explains. It really, it really comes down to whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, the reason, and just to put some science behind that, the reason why I use a five-year uh, graph is because it does um, does take some volatility out of it. Um, yeah. So we are what we are saying. What I am saying is that we're, we're giving for this new metals quite a bit of leeway to to come back especially maybe not like you, but especially since we bought it at a lower price, it's going to, it's going to regress back. To, we're giving it latitudes to regress back to the mean and then go back up again. Whereas if you draw a tighter line like you did, it's going to cross sooner and then maybe come back up again, in case you can buy into it, I guess. But you're trading a lot more if you draw a line which hugs closer to the current trend rather than the five-year trend line. No, that makes sense. Thank you. Tony, so... If you've drawn your cell line and then that first point um, rolls off the graph, mm -hmm. does that mean how often are you redrawing it? I'm going to – I'll be redrawing it next month. Um, it just really depends. It's it's a fairly unusual circumstance that the lowest point is the last month in the series. Yeah, okay. Not very, very often. But it, it will happen at some stage during the five-year cycle. So it's not a set and forget. It's – it's you do still have to check it from time to time. I think if it's um, my rule of thumb is if it's close to either a seller or buyer, I'm checking it at the end of each month. Yeah, okay. Right. But not only just for uh, points rolling off, but uh, also too, if you think about the the y-axis of the graph and the x-axis of the graph, as we move along each month, the slope of the lines crossing at a different point. Sure. So that's going to change the buy and sell price just on the fact that it's a month later and the slope's extended for one more month. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I've got another question, but if someone may still have a question on Fortescue. 
Go ahead, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> um, Credit Corp. Um, great share, Credit Corp. So I know you put a, a journal entry out last week that it's just fallen off the buy list. And um, I, I've got Credit Corp and I was actually going to buy some more. Mm-hmm. And my, my reasoning is that if Credit Corp can make it in the US, then that price could really, um, you know, go up. Mm-hmm. And so my concern was, well, do you miss, if, if, if it does go that way, and perhaps I'm, I'm understanding this the wrong way, but it, it's never going to come back to the buy list, so to speak. Well, unless the share price drops, yeah. Yeah, 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 unless... unless or, or unless, I mean, if it, if it does pan out well in the US, for example, and the operating costs increases, then that might change the, the price to operating cash flow number to be lower again and the share price, you know, to be come back into a buy range. At the moment, it's being, it, it's being bumped off the, sh- the, the list because the share price is up. And so, and so do, do you ever... Um, do you ever come across a stock like like that where you you really believe in, if you like, what the company's doing, and you and you're sort of prepared to take the punt that I mean, it may have just fallen out of the buy list, but you'd still buy in. No, I I, I do have stocks in my portfolio which have been in the portfolio for a number of years now, and they're they're not on the buy list anymore. But I'm not buying any more of them either. So my look, I'm probably a little bit cautious on this and conservative on this. If you wanted to buy more Credit Corp and it's just fallen off the buy list and you really like it, well, buy some more. But um, Oh, you. One, cautious. Conservative. Once, what? Shut up. Once it goes um, off the buy list, then I don't buy any more. And my, my reasoning is that uh, I, there's better opportunities from buying items on the buy list, which is sort of starting their run, rather than buying something halfway through its run. Okay, and just on that theme, then, if if you say take a Nick Scarly, which has really sort of you know popped in the last few months or last year, yet it's still in the buy list, mm-hmm. is your um, reckoning that okay? Well, I I may have missed that run, but based on the metrics, it's still in the buy list, and therefore, I expect it to to hopefully continue that run even further. Yeah, that's. I think we mentioned it in a recent show. There, there's been a number of stocks in the last month or so, uh, Combank, JB Hi-Fi, Nick Scarly, they're all good quality oh, really? companies. Yeah. They're coming onto our buy list now. Like the cent- they're probably um, partly because they're breaking through their buy lines after COVID. So we've missed the start of the run, which started back at, in sort of April. Um, but they're now getting back into, you know, very very confident buying levels past their buy lines, and they're on the bottom of our buying list. So um, I don't expect them to stay on the buy list for long because they're such well-known, well-researched, well-liked companies that uh, people are going to start buying them. So I, I expect the share prices to rise and they'll fall off the buy list pretty quickly. Yeah, right. Which makes me think, you know, in, in certain circumstances, do we buy from the bottom of the buy list while we have the chance? Yeah, because you're getting such sort of quality companies that have fallen into that. Yeah, it's probably, you know, it's probably once, oh, I'm going to say once in a cycle, so maybe once every seven years you get the chance to buy Combank and JB Hi-Fi um, on the buy list. They're usually, 
they're usually trading at you know much higher PEs and you, you just can't get them if you apply the QAV filter to them. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. 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 So, Tony, just on that, you're suggesting that um, you ignore the ranking within the buy list or the score system to choose a, a, a lower-ranked company because you perceive it to be better quality? Look, I'm thinking about it. Um, I haven't done that at, at the moment because I'm not. I don't have anything, any money to buy. I'm, I'm fully invested. Um, what I'm saying is that you you don't get opportunities like this very often. I don't think we'll see Combank back on the buy list for a long time. So if you're if you're of the mind that you want to buy blue chip companies that you know about, you know, just from walking down the street because you shop at JB Hi-Fi or your bank at Combank or you bought furniture from Nick Scarly, you don't, this will be your opportunity to buy them, but it won't last. Uh, I, I still, you know, whole, I still think we're better off buying from the top down. But what I'm saying is if you want good quality stocks that, you know, uh, a, um, a conservative investor might buy because they're solid, then this is your time to buy them. That makes sense. And look, some people think that way because, you know, the top of our list is Virgin UK, which is a bank in the UK. We're kind of blind to it. The Hawthorne Resources, we're kind of blind to it. It's a small cap miner. So some people might want to shy away from that, those kinds of stocks because they don't know them and buy the names they know. And what I'm saying is that there's a couple on our list now which are at the bottom and they won't stay on the list for long, I imagine. Yep, thank you. Speaking of Hawthorne Resources, Tony, Dave Benighton uh, just posted something on our Facebook group a little while ago saying that uh, a director of the company, Chris Corrigan, just uh, resigned from the board and he's a, he owns 30% of the stock. Is that uh, 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 one of our sell signals? Possibly. I'd have to have a look at it, Cam. Possibly. I mean... Um the name rings a bell. He's the, the guy who uh, ran the logistics company which took on the waterfront workers back in the 80s. So um, there might be a reason why he's selling him. He, he might uh, he must be getting pretty old now. That could be behind it, but I'd have to do some research. But, yeah, potentially if, if he sells his shares, yeah, that could be a, a sell signal. But let me have a look at it. Oh, conversely, there was um, King Rose yesterday that's share price went up almost 30%. And I and I was just sort of digging around and I noticed that they had a new CEO appointed. Yes. And does that mean, would that have influenced the share price or is that just coincidence? I don't know what's influencing the share price with King Rose. It, yeah, quite potentially it could have been the, the new CEO appointment. Um it did start to turn up a couple of weeks ago and it was our stock of the week there for a while. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah. There was, uh, I think we called the episode the Naughty Corner because it, um, we were talking about how long do you keep the stock in the Naughty Corner when the when the old CEO resigns and we don't like it. Well, sentiment is our guide and it started to turn up and now it's jumped. So there's something going on there, possibly a new CEO, but it, it could be other stuff there too. Yeah, okay. Could also be people like us who are standing back waiting to find out what was going to happen. And, you know, on, on, on our metrics, it's a good company to, to buy. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Who's next? I've got Tony. dumb questions because uh, uh, I'm very new. If you've got a really steeply rising sell line, right, if it just happens to be really steeply rising, that means there's a fair chance you'll be stopped out very quickly. Correct. Is that an issue? Yes, that's right. It's been an issue for us since COVID because the recovery has been so quick that the, the the lines are often going up like this. Yeah. 
and the low point was COVID, and the next low point was the start of the recovery. So the with the the shares are tracking the sell lines, and sometimes they're, they're going across, then coming back into a buy. Yeah. So we're kind of zigzagging our way up, which is the reverse of a falling knife. Yeah. yeah. It is an issue, but it's just something we have to live with. It's an issue. Um, it's it's a pretty rare one. I, I haven't seen this kind of sharp recovery for a long time in the market. So, yeah, uh, okay. yeah I guess we just have to apply common sense. If, if the share price is still going up, even though it's technically crossed the sell line, and the sell line's based on uh, a couple of a couple of points in a steep recovery, you might want to wait before you sell and just get a get a more established downtrend before you sell. For example. Okay. And uh, how often do you run filters? I mean, do you recommend every week, every month, or you mean the stock doctor download? Not the filter, the primary filter. Yeah. yeah well, um, I tend to do it. Um, Frequently during company reporting season, and we're in company reporting season now, and so I expect I'll be running it, um, you know, maybe every second day for the next couple of weeks. Oh. Report. But after that, uh, I probably only run. Well, I run them for our, our users once a week, but uh, just to talk about um, stock of the week. But generally, for myself, I'd be doing it maybe once every three or four weeks outside of company reporting season. And I tend, it tends to be, it tends to be um, if I've read something which has piqued my interest about a particular stock, um, like King Rose Mining, I might want to understand how it's affecting its QAV score. So I'll run a download and check it. But um, yeah, not very frequently outside of company. So my only other Dumbo question was: if the peak, the most, if the highest peak is also the most recent peak, does that make it impossible to draw, draw a line? Because uh, you need at least two. <laughs> Yeah, so so you so you just ignore those those stocks where the highest peak is the most recent peak. Well, no, I mean if the highest peak's the most recent, it's going up. So yeah, you, yeah, can't, you, draw, you can't draw the line because there's no nothing to the right of it. Well, you you possibly can. It depends on the case, but what I tend to, to back it up is to say when was the last sell? Mm-hmm. When was the buy before that? And if we're if we're not in a sell line now, then we must be in a buy. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. It does. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to not buy something because the highest point is the most recent. That's a good thing. It means a set. Oh, yeah, I agree. I just couldn't work out how to reconcile yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. We actually talked about that on the episode that went out today, Andrew, with uh, Nick Scarly, I think, and Tony. And I actually adjusted. I added an example in the Bible to go along with it. Um, the most, the highest peak before the most recent sell is what Tony was talking about with Nick Scarley. It's if you haven't listened to today's episode yet, uh, it's worth checking out. I think it's about the twenty-eight minute mark. Thank you, Thank you. Tony. Just while just while you're on on that, um, I'm pretty new to the QAV as well, like Andrew. Um, I was going to start putting some money to work, and I know it sounds like a broken record. You say get in as soon as you can. Um, but I was just wondering, because it is reporting season, would you wait till the end month to start putting some money to work and then we've got all the figures or would you start straight away? Uh, I wouldn't buy on old figures at the moment because they're going to be updated. But like, for example, Credit Corp and Nick Scarley have reported now we have new figures and Nick Scarley's on our buy list. So if you wanted to buy something, um, you can start now but just make sure you've got the most recent figures that you're working on. So um, I don't know your circumstances, so I'm not giving uh, specific advice, but if it was me and I had some more money to put into the market uh, and I I would divide that money into um, 
15% chunks or 20% uh, sorry 20 chunks so 5% chunks and I would start to put that to work and if I found out for example that yesterday Nick Scarley's on my buy list and it's the only company there with recent figures I would buy Nick Scarley with my first 5% buy um, but then I might have to wait for another couple of days or even a week until I had another company with recent figures on the buy list like then buy my second second part of the portfolio et cetera, et cetera, um, until we've got recent figures for most of our stocks or all of our stocks on the buy list. And the reason for that is, um, Daniel, is it's my experience that things move pretty quickly after you get new figures. Like, you know, I've, I've been at company presentations where the analysts are literally running between meetings and on the phone along the way saying, you know, buy Nick Scarley, I've just heard the numbers are good. And then they're into the next meeting and it's, you know, it's, it's uh, Credit Corp and it's like, by, by credit corp, they're good. So they're literally running between management presentations, doing the figures on the fly. You can see them with their laptops on their lap in the in the meetings and making calls back to their head office to to trade the stock based on the most recent numbers. So it happens really quickly. And if you don't move quickly yourself, like if you wait till the end of February, um, you know, who knows? Nick's going might be have gone up thirty percent in the next three weeks. Or, yeah. Or credit corp. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm picking Nick Scully because it's the one we've got that's reported, but it could be any stock. Yeah, and then usually by the end of the month, all the figures would would be out for there. Yeah, so usually by the the first week of the second the next month, because uh, you do have a bit of a lag sometimes with numbers coming from the data provider, the stock doctor. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cheers. And that's another point. Sorry, I should mention is that um, if someone's sitting on the stock and they they're deciding whether to buy more or whether to sell, uh, and the numbers have been released, like you might follow the ASX announcements for that company or you might read about the, the, the report in the Fin Review or somewhere else. Uh, it, it can take two or three days for the numbers to come through in the stock doctor. You know, there's a lag with the, their data provider who has to get the numbers and put it through their system and check it. Then there's a, it has to get in the stock doctor and check it. Uh, so it could take at least two days. So you might want to go to the you know, the company reports and plug your numbers in yourself if, you, if you're really you know, on tender hooks about what to do uh, and just enter the numbers in manually and make a decision based on that because it is, I'm just pointing out there can be a lag waiting for stock doctor numbers of a couple of days. And where, where, where's the best place for the numbers? Where, where do they get reported first? Yeah, so I, I would still use stock doctor, but I'd go into the company announcements page. Yeah. And you can download their, their company announcement there. You'll, you'll generally get like the management presentation, their uh, append, what's, I think it's called Appendix 4E report, but, but certainly they all have to report the same pro forma to the ASX and then you'll get um, their, uh, their probably unaudited figures at, at the start. The audited figures will come out with the annual report, uh, but any one of those will give you the figures you need to fill in things like the operating cash flow, um, to check the, the balance sheet equity, whether it's increasing or not, etc. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, 
and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. And also we get a a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you're trying to figure out what's going on, Go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1 as well, all of the free episodes in Season 1, where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe. Good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.